There are so many people that are really struggling today with who they were in the past and who they are now. And it's almost like these patterns are following you and are putting you stuck into the situation of where you were in the past, but it's like all these buttons just keep getting hit. And as I met with our special guest today, Luke Lavigne, he shared some things with me in his book and in person that really, really helped me to identify how important it is to actually face the situation and deal with it to be able to not repeat the old patterns over and over again. And of course we love Jesus, of course we want to move forward, of course we want to step out of our comfort zone, sometimes. And of course we want that abundant life, but how is it actually possible for you to get there? Today's show is Face Yourself to Find Wholeness, and today we're going to show it with Luke in how to actually do that. Now Luke, you were married three times. Yes. It wasn't always easy, and no. you felt a failure all this time. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to pop the question, were your parents divorced? Yes. Mm -hmm. How many times? Um, my mom was married four times when I was growing up, and my um, dad was married three times. Also. So it almost looks like there is a pattern going mm -hmm. here of finding you like, like, like that perfect loved one, mm -hmm. and yet it seems like something is happening? Well, and for me, one of the things that... Uh, because I, I came to know the Lord when I was 15, and I just... Uh, committed, I did not want to go through the same thing that uh, my parents had gone through, and I didn't want my children to go through the same thing that I went through. And uh, so early on, going to church and getting plugged in with the Lord and went to Bible school, I actually became a pastor, and really just everything that I could do, um, I tried doing that and just, you know, following the, the outlines of the Bible and doing my best to do what God says in His Word to do. And still, at the end of that, after 16 years, uh, my first marriage ended in, in a divorce. Mm -hmm. And so not only was the, you know, that, that pursuit of having that love in my life crushed, but also the, the desire to break that pattern in my family. <clears throat> so the guilt and the sense of failure of not being able to do that was compounded. And then it, on top of that, being in the ministry, there was uh, a different standard that it seemed that people that are, you know, if you, if you, as a pastor, you're not supposed to be going through that kind of stuff. So the, the guilt and the shame <clears throat> that I felt was really compounded, I think, because of those things that, um, you know, trying to break that pattern, trying to break out of that, that, that environment that I grew up in. Wow, that, that makes total sense. It makes, because makes, I can relate to some of that. So here you are, you've become in a way, your parents, mm -hmm. uh, and it's all over. What actually cost it in you for you to have to go through that divorce, to, to handle all these obstacles? Was it because you were doing it in your own works or because you, you trusted the Holy Spirit to follow him in a way that you're saying, I'm gonna do the Holy Spirit's way or I'm gonna do it my way with the Holy Spirit? You know, at the, at the time, the, the revelation or the understanding that I had is that it was really up to me to uh, to do all of those things. So it was really carrying that burden of, you know, making sure that I was doing everything that I felt God was telling me to do, that I wasn't doing the things that I wasn't supposed to do. In retrospect, I can look back and see how so many of those things were really 
driven out of uh, just a misunderstanding of the Lord and what he did for me, what was available to me through the cross and um, the, the belief systems that I had developed in that environment as a child that they were working against me. But um, really it was that, that effort of my own strength, just trying to do it in my own strength and because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to be a good man. I was supposed to be a good father. I was supposed to be a good husband. I was supposed to be a good dad. And walking in that, uh, the fullness of that pressure, um, it's just, there's no human being that can actually do that. And um, that those things, those belief systems were what really led to, the, to that point in my life where I considered it that failure. So how did it flip around? Because you all get to that point of despair almost, mm -hmm. that you actually have to die to self yeah. in a way. Mm -hmm. what, what was the flip around for you? Um, really, it was the loss of everything that I held value in at that time. I was in the process going through, I hadn't gone through the divorce yet, but it was really, uh, the momentum was building toward that. And I was, uh, I had already stepped out of being a pastor. I was already starting to struggle in other relationships and things were beginning to fall apart. And uh, when I stepped out of ministry, you know, I'm not, I'm not pastoring, I'm not teaching, I'm not preaching, I'm not discipling anyone, I'm not mentoring anyone. You know, none of those things that are associated with the pastoral role were a part of what I was doing. And I remember sitting in my office in the company that I had at the time <clears throat> and just saying, you know, I, I just, I feel like an absolute failure. I feel wow. like I'm worthless. And about a week later, I think the Lord intentionally let some time go by so I could forget about my comment. <clears throat> and then out of the blue, he asked me a question. And he said, son, where does your value come from? That's it. And I, I thought, I'm like, wow, well, man, I, I know the answer to that, right? It's Jesus. My value comes from Jesus. That's like a Sunday school answer. And that's exactly what he said. He said, <laughs> if your value comes from my son, then how could you be worthless by not doing these things that you used to do? And it started to open up my, uh, my spirit to understand that, wait a minute, I'm placing truly, I, I know the right information here, but for some reason I'm placing the value, my personal value in my ability to perform, my ability to maintain a standard that I hold on to in my mind of what I think I'm supposed to do. Wow, wow, that makes total sense. And, and that might be you right there too. Are you trying to earn heaven? Are you trying to earn relationships? Are you trying to earn even the identity in yourself? Does not work at all. But once you get to experience that intimate time with God the Father and actually start being able to say, Daddy, and understand who you are, my friend, that's when it starts flipping around. That's when you start acknowledging where your value really starts. I know you're out there. I, I see somebody sobbing there right now. You're a young man right now. I encourage you to call us. It's 855-515-5550 or go to barbtv.org and just know this. God is bigger than who you think you are right now, and he will do more for you. Stay tuned, there's more to it, and some answers are coming soon.
Heart TV is all about you getting the needs met that you have. Satan wants to steal, kill and destroy your life, but Jesus wants to give you the abundant life. How do we do that? We have guests with stories and God wants to do the stories again in your life. He wants to change your life, He wants to improve your life and He wants you to have all the benefits. With me is Luke Lavigne, who has experienced so much what he said was never going to happen to him, which happened to his parents. How do you turn that around? And what is it that you can do to let go of those old wounds that repeat itself over and over and over again? Now, this was you. What was actually the moment that was a wake-up call for you? I know you started getting intimate with the Lord. I know he started talking to you. But what more did it take place for you? to start turning it around? You know, it, it, things really got worse from that point. It was um, up to that point, I had pretty much been doing everything that I thought I should be doing as a husband, as a father, as a pastor. And after all of my efforts failed and that snowball started rolling, it really just continued to collapse. And I, I found myself in a place where everything in my life was falling apart. You know, there, no longer in ministry. My marriage was was completely destroyed. Uh, my business was falling apart, and my dad was dying of cancer. I had oh, left wow. uh, my business and the just the things that I had going on in Wisconsin at the time. I came out here to California in this area to help take care of my dad as he was dying. And uh, one day I got a call from uh, my attorney and and. Uh, I was informed that there were certain ways that they, uh, that I had done something that could have been um, illegal. And I found out afterward that it wasn't, but at the time I didn't know that. And so I was uh, having this conversation with my attorney and, and uh, she said, I, I asked the question, well, wh what is this, you know, what, what are the consequences? And she said, well, I've seen people go to prison for no less than two years for less than oh, wow. the amounts that you're talking about. And uh, like I said, I you know, later I found out, but in that moment, everything in my life was just, uh, was just falling apart. Mm -hmm. And I felt so much pressure inside of me that um, I felt like literally I was gonna have an aneurysm or, or a heart attack or something. And I went and I just, I collapsed before the Lord and I just uh, was crying out to him. And in that moment, I had the awareness that the Lord was doing something in my life. And all of these things, it's like, the, the perfect storm of every area of my life simultaneously being destroyed. I didn't believe it was by accident. And I knew the Lord's hand was in it because he was speaking to me about his love for me and, and uh, his plan for me. <clears throat> so I just, I just cried out. I said, Lord, do whatever you have to do in order to bring me to the place that you want me to be. And I knew that that meant I could be going to prison. I could lose my children. I could you know, I mean, pretty much everything else in my life at that point was just in, in a rubble. And I heard the Lord speak to me. He said, son, I'm answering your prayer. That must have sounded weird. Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't remember praying to have my life destroyed and lose my marriage and my business and ministry. And he said, you prayed to be like my son. And then he brought me to Philippians chapter 3, where Paul talks about that everything that was gained to him, he counted as loss. 
in view of the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and being conformed to his sufferings and being molded into his death that he might attain to the resurrection. And the Lord is saying, you are being touched by the same things that my son went through. And at first I argued because I'm like, well, your son was innocent. I'm not. Most of the stuff that I was dealing with was a result of my own bad decisions, my own sinful nature, uh, my own, you know, just failures. <clears throat> and he said, the reason why you're going through it might be uh, different, but what you're going through is the same. And he showed me how so many of the people in my life were um, uh, basically like Jesus. The, and at his worst time, the people mm. closest to him pulled away. Mm -hmm. That everything that he had, the, the people weren't concerned of his suffering. They just wanted to, to take away what was laying at his feet with, you know, casting lots for his cloak and for whatever few possessions that he had. Oh, that's painful to hear, actually. And, and in, in that moment, uh, the, the realization, there were, there were two things that happened. One was understanding that the Lord was conforming me into the image of His Son through these circumstances. Even through my failure, He was transforming my life and turning all the, the things that I was going through into something beautiful. But I also had a revelation of His profound love for me, that there was nothing that I could bring to Him in that moment. There was no, no good deeds, there was no works, there was no successes, there was no, nothing material. There wasn't anything I could lay on the altar. And yet in that moment, I felt His love for me. And for me personally, I call it the most terrible, beautiful day of my life because I had lost everything, but it was in that moment of having nothing that I truly realized that God loved me for just for me just because he chose to. There was nothing that I could do to make that happen. So your identity changed that moment yeah. in whom he created you to be? Mm -hmm. And that, that was the culmination of everything that had been building up until that point. And that was a turning point for, for me to really realize that God's love for me is completely independent of me. Wow, wow, that, that's powerful. Because that's actually what will help people in how to see. Because I've been in that despair moment. My husband has been in that despair moment. And there is that moment you have to die to self and surrender. And so um, you wrote a book. And the book is called Co-Face Yourself. And I, I read your book rather quickly. But what hit me the most was the certain keys you hit to go back into the wounds where you don't want to go mm -hmm. to turn things around. Can you share about that a little bit? Yeah, well, the interesting thing is, is as profound as that moment was of realizing God's love for me, it was really the bedrock. It was the foundation. And there was so much that the Lord needed to build on top of that. And what I discovered from that point on is that my circumstances were um, still bringing up the pain in my life. And relationally, it was after that point that I actually had my second marriage, which only lasted for five months. That's not very long. No. And it just heightened my awareness that there were so, there were so many things that I still didn't understand. And there were so many beliefs that I was living my life out of, even though I had that core understanding that, hey, my love is, is indisputable. Um, why was I interacting? Could that, the way be that I be possibly because you were functioning out of old wineskin instead of the new way that God, God was teaching you? Absolutely. And a lot of that had to do with the way that I, the environment that I was raised in. Mm. A lot of the belief systems that were formulated in me as an early child, uh, in early childhood, went in that kind of an environment where, um, you know, your understanding of who you are and how you process things and what certain things mean. 
those, those belief systems were still impacting me. My ability to, to trust was fractured. Oh, I'm sure, and, then, and, and so I'm going to stop you for just a moment. Yeah. That trust takes years to come back, and yet look up Proverbs 3, verse 4 and 5, and when you trust in Him, it will change. Stay tuned. Peace is beautiful. However, finding peace is not always easy. But the result when you get there is life-changing. Are you ready to dream bigger, pray bigger, believe bigger, and live bigger? If you want to break free from dull Christianity and transform to a vibrant, active believer, what are you waiting for? Dare to Believe Big teaches you to believe like never before. It is time to grow, evolve, and expand. Discover four words that can transform your life. Are you ready to build a relationship with God? God has incredible plans for you. It is an exciting opportunity, and you can live each day with a high expectation of what God will do next. Don't wait any longer and sign up for your new free membership. Sign up now and get a free gift at daretobelievebig.com. So look, here you are. You, you, you failed your second marriage is how you felt at the time. Mm -hmm. you, you're still trying to use the old ways. Did you get married right away again, or how did you deal with that, you know? No, at that point I saw that uh, there was the, the Cycle? consistent cycles in different relationships, and, and I saw that there was a common denominator. And what uh, was the common denominator? It was me. <laughs> so, that is sad. Yeah. <laughs> that is sad. You and want so it to be somebody else yeah, or a situation. Yeah, you don't want to blame a, a situation or blame the enemy or, or whatever, but what I, what I realized is that <clears throat> there were things that I wasn't aware of that were still driving how I was interacting with people and how I was uh, living my life, what I was believing about circumstances and about people. And so I, at that point, I just, I just said, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm done with relationships. I'm done with trying to pursue any of that until you tell me that it's time. And I really just dedicated myself to spending that time with the Lord and getting to know Him more, which through that process, uh, I got to know myself more and, and how He sees me. And uh, a lot of the turmoil that I was going through at that time, uh, I felt you know, this cycle where when I would have those failures, outbursts of anger or, you know, whatever ugliness that was coming out, um, I felt this compulsion that I, I needed to pray. I needed to still, you know, do something to kind of take care of those issues before I came to the Lord. And I'm like, Lord, how do I deal with this? And he said, I want you to start inviting me into the midst of your pain. I want you to invite That's me into the midst of the about. ugliness. How do you invite God into the pain when you want to try to get out of the pain? So at first I was like, okay, this can't be the Lord, you know what I mean? Because he, he just wants to go into a holy place, right? Right. But the reality is, is that he's made us holy. He's made us perfect through his blood. There's nothing that you can do to add to that. There's nothing that you can do to take away from the righteousness that was given to you. It was given to you apart from your effort. Mm -hmm. So when we're going through these, these, um, these processes of healing, it's really allowing the Lord to fully come into the ugliness. And the first time I'm you know, whether it was anger or lust or, or rage or jealousy, unforgiveness, no matter what it was that I was dealing with in that moment, I just started saying, Holy Spirit, I just ask you to come into the middle of my hatred for this person. Wow. And uh, as awkward as it felt that at first. Looks, that sounds very weird. It was very counterintuitive because you feel like, the, I, I felt like the very part of my life that I want to hide, that I want to close off and I want to keep everybody away from is 
the Lord's saying, hey, invite me into that. And what I found is when he comes into a dark place, it becomes light. And those very areas of anger or hatred or bitterness that I was struggling with, I started finding out why I had that, that anger. And at the root of the anger was pain. Mm. I, I was associating circumstances in my life with the, the pain of my childhood, with the pain of my past, with certain things that I perceived and how I interpreted those. The problem is, as a four or five-year-old boy, different things happen to you. You don't have the mental capacity to process the information in, in a yeah. mature way. So you Isn't come up with conclusions. Isn't there a saying like hurting people hurt people? Absolutely. And it's because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm. So if I'm carrying pain in abundance of my heart, then it's going to come out. One of the things I talk about in my book is that it's like somebody coming and, and dumping a um, pile of garbage in your living room. And it wasn't your fault that they did that, but you have a choice. You can get mad, you can blame, you can, every day you can get up and, and yell ab about this um, garbage that's in your living room. <clears throat> and you can go out and you can chase the people down that dumped it and you can beat them up and you can do all kinds of things. But the fact is that you have a pile of garbage in your living room. Mm. And if you don't deal with that, it's going to permeate everything that you do. Your family's going to be affected by it. Everyone that comes into your house or into relationship with you is going to be affected by it. So we have a choice. Regardless of how that garbage got there, we can either support it and keep it and protect it or we can deal with it and the way that we deal with it is by inviting the Lord into that into that ugliness into the garbage into the garbage wow that's a great way of putting that and then you you also said something about buttons because mm -hmm. it's so easy that certain people will say certain things mm -hmm. and instant I am in an old pattern mm -hmm. so how do you change some of those buttons that are so easily pushed mm -hmm. you know yeah, and that was the, the thing for me is I, I really started crying out like, Lord, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't only want to not react when the buttons are pushed. I want the buttons removed. And what, That's even better. Yeah, because then it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not living my life based on what other people do. I'm living it out of the fullness of who I am in Christ. And the, the thing is, is that to go through that process was very painful and inviting the Lord into it and saying, okay, Lord, what is it about this situation that causes that response in me. What am I believing about that? When somebody rejects me, what am I believing about that? Why does that make me angry? Well, it makes me angry because I'm feeling hurt, I'm feeling rejected, which is associated with my identity again. I feel mm -hmm. like I'm not valuable, I'm not worth something. So that's just one example of how the Lord walked me through a process. But really it's every time there's some pattern or some uh, event in my life that I'm having a, an emotional reaction to, I just learned to ask the Lord and have that conversation. It's like, okay, first of all, I forgive that person because that person's not responsible for how I'm feeling. It, no matter what they say or, or do, I'm responsible for my response. And so I would forgive the person and then I would go to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, why is it when someone says or does this thing that it hurts so much? that I feel so angry or I feel depressed or I feel whatever, whatever the emotion was that was associated with it. And then through that same process <clears throat> of inviting the Lord into it and having those conversations with him, he would start to associate that <clears throat> current event <clears throat> excuse me, with things that had happened in the past where I had formulated certain beliefs. And then it's a matter of taking those old beliefs and then replacing it with the truth of who God says that you are through his word. That will take some <coughs> effort. Because your, your yeah. mind is so used to its old patterns. Mm -hmm. it, it, isn't that about transformation instead of confirmation? Yeah. 
you know, that whole mm. switch around. So um, your book, if anybody wants to get a hold of it, which I highly recommend, what, what's your website? How they can get a hold um, of it? The, my website is www.lukelafine.com. Uh, it's on Amazon. If you search Luke Lafine and on Amazon, you can get it there or uh, go face yourself. Um, it should be pretty easy to find that way as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you for sharing. And I want to share with you real quickly. I have it memorized in a different translation, but I just love the way it is saying it right here. So I'm going to uh, read this to you out of the, the Passion Translation. And God invite your searching gaze into my heart. I encourage you to pray this because that is in a way what Luke did. But then the chains came all because he opened it up. And that's what I did too. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Those are those buttons, those patterns. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there's any path of pain I am walking on. Those are when we just explode. And lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you. And that is what you, my friend, can have right now. So with your experience, where you're at today, what impact do you think God wants you to make on this world? You know, the, the, the journey that I, I've gone through was, was very arduous and uh, painful and uh, confusing at a lot of times. And when I wrote, um, actually I have two books, this is my second book, but the passion behind writing both of them is to help people shorten that process. Mm -hmm. I don't believe it had to take that long. I think it's because I didn't have the resources uh, that I needed. And what I've done in, in both of my books is put the, just the lessons that the Lord showed me and the things that some things took me years to figure out. So just trying to give those tools to people to help them shorten that process and really be able to enter into the fullness of their identity. Yeah. There's so many amazing people and there, there's so much work to be done in, in, uh, in the body of Christ and in the world with, that the Lord's called us to. And I really want to just help people get rid of some things that are hindering them from walking in the fullness of everything that the Lord has for them. Thank you, Luke. Give me your website one more time. It's lukelafine.com. So L-U-K-E-L-A-F-F-I-N.com. Thank you so much for being Absolutely. on the show. My pleasure. And um, I remember me when I actually went on my knees and prayed Psalm 139, verse 23 and verse 24. Search me, Lord, and know my thoughts. And an entire eating disorder got exposed, and it took two years to overcome it because the Lord knew if He would heal me instantly, I would go straight back to my old ways. Some people are healed immediately. Others need time, not for others' sake, but for their own. God wants what's best for you. Call us, connect with us. God loves you, and so do I. When God shows up in the Bible, it's never really in a quiet way. And yet, as well, all these young people will fall in love with this. So he's able to evolve and develop sounds that will put the scriptures into sound, not words, but sounds. Oh, yeah. You see a word, you see a fight, evil, good and evil are on display. Well, that's why Hollywood uses music. You can cry through a Hallmark mu mu movie because it's very, it touches the deepest part of your habit.